Hi, I'm Shay. And I'm Lily. We are so happy that you're here. Here at HBC, we believe that we can dream big because we serve a big God. And it doesn't matter what your past may look like, you still have a bright future. So open up your heart and receive. Yesterday, my wife and I were sitting in a restaurant in Gatlinburg. And they don't need any more advertisement, but how many has ever been to the pancake pantry? We walked up to the, the side of the building, I mean behind the building, and this line was, it was so long, and that's the truth. And I thought she was going to say, okay, we can go somewhere else. And I was just, you know, getting ready to think, okay, we'll find somewhere else. We stood in that line, y'all. And we waited, and we waited, and uh, but it was good. But I'm glad we did, if not for the pancakes. We, um, she was sitting there, and someone behind me that she was looking in the direction of had a T-shirt on. And she said, that's a cool saying. And she shared it with me, and I just thought about it all day long. Last night, as I was in this house, and all the Connect Group leaders were putting lights up, because I had been praying and thinking about things, but I just got inspired all of a sudden, and I got my computer, and I sat down, and I started working on this um, outline. But this is what I want to talk about, and this is what that man's shirt said. Live a life worth imitating. Somebody say that with me. Live a life worth imitating. See, in a world often characterized by chaos and uncertainty, deciding to live a life worth imitating becomes an essential pursuit for a Christian wanting to carry out the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen? It's not about embracing the, the, the negativity of this world, but it's about embracing authenticity. It's about sharing kindness, and it's about living with integrity in all of our actions and all of the aspects of our life. It's a common thing today for people not to keep their word. Did you know that? If you don't talk to me, I'm liable to preach for three hours. Did you know that? Thank you very much. I thought that might get some response. A life worth imitating is marked by a genuine passion for personal growth, building meaningful relationships, and making a positive impact on the world around us. Somebody say, live a life worth imitating. When we have empathy, and we need to have empathy, not sympathy, but empathy. When's the last time you looked at somebody that maybe looked less than you or maybe asked you for money on the street and instead of looking at them going, oh, bless their heart, or looking them, look at them with a judgmental spirit like, ah, what are they out here begging for? When's the last time that you put yourself in their position uh, um, hypothetically in your mind and you go, man, you know what? Wonder what they've been through today. Wonder what would take them to the place where they're willing to give up all dignity and beg for money. Wonder what has happened to them. How can I pray for them? Holy Spirit, guide my direction. See, a life worth imitating is marked with, with all the things that are the personality traits of God himself. 
When we have empathy and compassion for those around us, we inspire other people to do the same. Choosing to live a life worth imitating is not merely an individual endeavor. But it's a collective responsibility of the church. Somebody say, I'm the church. It's a collective responsibility of the church to create a ripple in this world a ripple effect of goodness, a ripple effect of love, a ripple effect of purpose. There's so many people ain't walking aimlessly in this world today when the good news of Jesus Christ is, I would that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers, no matter what you look like, act like, smell like, or talk like. I want to live a life worth imitating. I want to live a life that my boys say, I want to be a man like my dad. I want to live a life where my daughter says, I want to have a heart like my dad. I want to live a life that my church will say, I believe in what my pastor says. I want to live a life where people in the community say, I can trust High Praises Church or I can trust Jack Midkiff. I want to live a life, not a perfect life, because I'll never admit or say that I live a perfect life because I live in a fallen world in a fallen body. But I want to tell you that I am a spirit living in that body and greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. And I make a declaration and a decree today that I'm going to do my best for the rest of my life to live a life worth imitating. Somebody say live a life worth imitating. Live a life worth imitating by living in unwavering faith. What is faith? Faith is confidence that something exists other than what you can see, smell, taste, touch, or hear. The five senses will mess you up if you follow them. The five senses will mess you up if, they, if you follow them and not follow God. If you follow your senses over the word of God, you will absolutely end up in a ditch. Because your senses will tell you, oh, I, 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 can't, I can't tithe. I, 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 I can't tithe. But, but your faith will say, the word of God says, when I tithe, when I bring the tithe into the storehouse, that he will open windows over my head. Faith will cause you to stand in agreement with the word when your body is feeling the pain and the symptoms. But the word says in 1 Peter 2, 24, by his stripes I am healed. When the word says, I mean, when, you're, when your mind and your body feels lonely and in despair and full of anxiety, the word of God says that he's, a, he's like a brother that he... He's a God that sticks closer than a brother and he will never leave you and never forsake you. Somebody say, live a life worth imitating. Hebrews 11.1, 1, let's read it out of the Amplified Version. It says, now faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed. You know what that means? God says, I got you. And the evidence of things not seen. The conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the senses. So don't have sensory faith. 
Some people have sensory faith. I'm not throwing rocks at them, but it's easy to have sensory faith. You know what that means? Well, I I seen God do it, so I know. What if you ain't never seen God do what you what you need? What if you've never witnessed Him do in the physical what you're believing for by faith? Find it in the Word and stand on it because the Word says it, not because you've seen it. Now, I love, I love to feel the glory bumps. I love to feel them. I have felt um, the, the cold chills. You know, have you ever felt something that's real good? It don't even have to be churchy, but something hits you just right and you feel cold chills. I felt that three times already today. I felt it twice in, in, when they were rehearsing this morning and then once in service today. But I don't care if you never feel a glory bump in your life. If the Word says it and you believe it, that's what will happen. Make a decision today. Faith and love are two things that we allow to be, oh, just however it comes, however it goes. But faith and love are two things that as Christians, if we will make a decision to live by faith and walk in love, our life will change. Make a decision today to have unwavering faith in God. Our faith should be a living testimony to those around us. When we face challenges, when we face uncertainties, when we trust in God's promises and have confidence in His faithfulness, when you do that, you'll inspire others to trust God. You'll inspire others to follow Him wholeheartedly. When you are sitting in the same office pool as 15 other people and they get the same email as you and they all go, oh, ooh, ah, ooh, and you go, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to live my life in faith and trust in Him because my source is God. When you do that, you are living a life worth imitating. You are living a life that will change somebody else's. Come on, somebody say amen. Look at your neighbor and tell him, live a life worth imitating. When you live a life worth imitating, you can do that by giving unconditional love. 1 John 4. 1 John's a good book, y'all. I said 1 John's a good book. You should read it often because here's part of it. In 1 John 4, 7, it says, Beloved, let us unselfishly love and seek the best for one another for love is from God. And everyone who loves others is born of God and knows God through personal experience. See, unconditional love is a is. A, a, a most powerful reflection of God's character. You say, how can I unconditionally love people that treat me bad? You can forgive them immediately. You can have empathy toward them immediately. It's a choice. I didn't say it was easy for your flesh. I, I didn't, listen, anything worth having is worth standing up for. Anything worth achieving is worth working for. Hey, listen, don't go to the store and get a box of them, which I did this week. Don't go to the store and get I went to the dollar store, and they had them stinking Little Debbie Christmas trees in the front door. I lifted some up. I don't know if any of my family's been in the, in the refrigerator in my office, but there's some in the refrigerator waiting on pastor today. 
Don't be saying, oh, I need to lose weight and expect to lose it just because you say that. Come on, somebody. Pass the ho-ho. Oh, I'm going to lose some weight. Do you know what Sherry Haley did today? She brought me two tubs, not one, but two tubs of cotton candy. About made me shout right there in the middle of, of, of fellowship while ago. But we can say things, and words are very powerful, but the word says that faith without works is dead. So we have to make an unconditional, we have to make a decision, excuse me, to have unconditional love because when we do that, it involves selflessly caring for others, forgiving those who wrong us, and extending grace and compassion to everyone that we encounter. You know what I have to do sometimes? And, and, and I'm using me as an example, but I've seen some of y'all too. You need to as well. You have to fix your face. Have you ever noticed? You have to fix your face, y'all, because you'll be thinking about something. You ain't mad about nothing, but you're just sitting there like this. You ever notice that? One night we was in Bible study in here and I was teaching. I want to think I was teaching something that was really interesting because uh, Angie's husband was running the camera and all of a sudden she gets a, 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 a screenshot of her face going. <laughs> Shaggy said, what are you doing? We have to fix our face. You know why? Because... When we extend God's unconditional compassion and grace to people, we need to make a decision that we're going to do that to everybody that we encounter and come in contact with. When you practice that, you demonstrate God's love to this world. Look at somebody and tell them, live a, live a life worth imitating. Excuse me. Our love should be genuine. Our love should be sacrificial. Our love should be inclusive. We love to use that word today, inclusive, inclusive. I'm going to tell you how to be inclusive. Include the person that's checking you out at the store in someone that you're going to be nice to. Include them. Include the person that it was rude to you to someone that you're going to smile at. Be inclusive. Amen? That will draw others to Christ. And if you have young people in your life, let me help you with something. If you want them to grow up hateful, be hateful. If you want them to grow up loving, be loving. They will perpetuate what you start. Come on, somebody. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, live a life worth imitating. Live a life worth imitating by pursuing holiness and integrity. 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves in all your conduct. Be set apart from the world by your godly character and moral courage because it is written, you shall be holy, set apart, for I am holy. There's a lot of different um, definitions to what is deemed holy in the world. You know what I'm going to say? I'm a spirit, I live in a body, and I possess a soul. My spirit man should be 
in the image of Christ. When my spirit man is in the image of Christ's holiness, which is wrapped in love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, and faith, then your outside will follow in the way that Jesus wants it to. And we don't have to walk around judging people for this and looking down their nose at that and, and calling people this over here. If you will seek God and seek his characteristics, you will find out what his holiness is all about. We're called to pursue holiness and integrity in every aspect of our life. Our words, our actions, our attitudes. Our character should align with God's truth and His character. I'm going to say that again. Our character should align with God's truth and His character. By living a life of integrity and holiness, we become a shining light. Because we live in a dark world, yes, but we're not going to focus on that. Just think about every Christian that we are, that we claim to be a Christian in this world today. If every Christian that claims to be a Christian in this world would let our light shine, we would see some darkness dissipate. We would see some darkness dissipate in our homes. We would see some darkness dissipate in our workplaces. We would see some darkness dissipating in the places that we go to shop. Why? Because you walked in. Not You didn't walk in going, quit that, stop that. Come over here, let me tell you what Jesus would do to you. You know what Jesus would do? He'd love the hell out of them. Because this world is full of the hellish things that Satan wants us to embrace. But stop worrying about what other people are doing and just let your light shine. Mm, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. This is always my favorite verse. I won't let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine. Oh, I won't let Satan it out. Don't, don't blow toward nobody. I won't it out. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. When we act toward people the way God wants us to you're living in his holiness others will be drawn to the beauty of life lived in obedience to God's commands somebody say live a life worth imitating I sure am glad you wanted to stand in that line Live a life worth imitating by being a servant. Heard a story a long time ago. I've told it before. You may have heard me tell it or someone else. But this, uh, this man was walking out of a door and he stopped. A lady was coming. He stopped and held the door. And she got up there and she looked at him with a disgusted look on her face and said, are you holding that door for me because I'm a woman? He looked at her and he said, No, I'm holding this door for you because I'm a gentleman. 
The reason we should serve people is because that is in our DNA as Christians. Mark 10, 45 said, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. See, Jesus set the ultimate example of servant leadership. A lot of people love the title of leadership, but the, 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 the part that really needs to be put on that is what Jesus lived, and he was a servant leader. He led by example. See, as followers of Jesus Christ, we're called to emulate his humility and also his servant's heart. When we become a servant leader, we prioritize the needs of others as well as maybe even above our own. To be a good husband and to be a good leader in your home, men, you got to be a good servant. I got about three amens. I'm going to say it again. This would be a good time, women, to poke him in the ribs and get him to hear something. But the way that you are a good leader is you're first a good servant. I'm not saying it's your responsibility to do everything in the house. I'm saying it's your responsibility to set a precedent in your home as a leader to be a servant. If you want your kids to serve other people, teach them by serving them. I didn't say be their butler. I didn't say be their maid. But if we will lead by example, not only in our home, but in our workplace, if you will go out of your way to be good to somebody, somebody will see what you're doing and you will lead them to a light of understanding that it's better to give than to receive. We live in a gimme, 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 gimme world when we need to live our lives as a let me give to you first because that's what Jesus said. Let me take you back to an important scripture as Christians that we need to stand on. For God so loved the world that he what? He gave his only begotten son. I don't know if if you're a father or a mother in here I don't know if you are, uh, understand what that means but I'm going to tell you something I could give a whole lot of things up before I could give my children up so God led by an ultimate example of what we're to do and that is to give we use gifts we use talents we use resources to serve and uplift those around us I know I'm pulling people out of the, the congregation today, but, but Gail Stokes is one of the best leaders because she has got one of the best servants' hearts I've ever known. She will just serve people. She is an incredible cook. She will, if she finds that someone is not feeling well or needing a, a, a brightened day, she will serve them by using her gift and talent as a cook. You may be a mechanic. You may be a CEO of a company. You may be the president somewhere that, that can help someone. Whatever it is, 
Whatever gift and calling is on your life, it's not just so that you can get fat and sassy in your own life, but it's so that you can receive. Now, I don't, I don't have a problem with you prospering and being in health because that's what the Word says that you can do. But the reason that you are given the power to prosper and to be in health is so that you can be healthy enough to help somebody else prosper and you can give what you've been given. When you do that, you'll see a return in you. You can't stop the flow. I've heard of people having so much money in the bank that it accrues so much interest so fast that they can't, they can't spend it fast enough. I'd love to know what that feels like. But I promise you God's, God's uh, uh, his, his reproducing spirit is alive in your life when you give. It just keeps coming back. Amen? So when you use your gifts, your talents, your resources to serve and uplift those around you, you will make an, a, a positive impact in their life. And through servant leadership, you will inspire others to follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ because they will want to become servant leaders like you have lived in front of them. One more time, I want you to say live a life worth imitating see living a life worth imitating pleases Jesus amen reflect the character of Christ become a powerful witness in this world when I say reflect the character of Christ I want to say this it does not mean being judgmental because I do not believe that Christ is judgmental the reason that I don't believe that he's judgmental is that God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but through him the world might be saved it's not compromising it's not any of the things that the world might tell you, you gotta, you got to do this to get ahead and you got to do that to get ahead. I promise you, that is not the characteristics of God and that is not what God will bless. But when you live a life worth imitating, your life will, will inspire others to seek God, your life will inspire others to live for God, and your life will inspire others to receive the love of God. Live a life worth imitating. I want to live a life worth imitating. When I leave this world, I would love and be honored if I had accolades on my walls and I had money in the bank and I had all these accomplishments. There's nothing wrong with that. But the biggest thing that I desire is that somebody might say, you know what? It worked for Pastor Jack. And if it worked for him, he said it worked for me. Because the word of God is not a respecter of persons. And God is not a respecter of persons. But I will tell you, he does respect one thing. And that's faith. If you'll have the audacity today to, to make a decision to follow Christ... And if you're sitting here and you say, I've been a follower of Christ for years, I don't mean just as just to be in the family of God. I mean to strive to be like the Father.
in every day that you live. When you live a life worth imitating, Christ will hover over you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. He will bring blessings on your life that you will not be able to contain. He will bring things that will confound your mind and you have to receive them in your spirit because in your brain you can't figure it out. Have you ever been there? I've been that way. It's like I had to stop myself going, I can't believe this because God gives you the capacity through his word to believe and receive anything that he's promised he will do for you. Live a life worth imitating. And that starts in Christ Jesus. Thank you so much for watching this sermon. We hope it encouraged you. Check out more of Apostle Jack's sermons to stay encouraged throughout the week. We also do live streams on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday night chapels at 6.30. We would love for you all to stay connected, so go like and follow all of our socials. Life is so beautiful with Jesus and community. So, so join, join the fam! fam.